to you live from Race City, USA. It's Blind Spotting, the NASCAR podcast from a fresh, personal, and blue collar take. Race reviews, race previews, the latest news, and more. And now, your hosts, Michael Colbert, Andrew Coates, and Travis Sherry. All right, welcome back for another episode of Blind Spotting. We are right back here at home in the Cottle Creek compound. It's episode number 24. No special guest this week. You've just got the three of us, and we are going to bring it piping hot to you. Don't worry, we're going to keep you entertained. We keep ourselves entertained. So sometimes we just like to take a break and spend some time with each other. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to review all the action down at Talladega. Woo! Talladega. That was a lot of fun. A lot of fast race cars. A lot of hot action. Literally some hot action. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to preview what we might see on the plains of Kansas. Out in the American Midwest and uh, so anyway, to recap what we saw in Talladega, Jeb Burton in the rain shortened, I don't know, what was that, Lawnmower Weed Eater 300 All Pro, what was it called? I don't Ag, know. Ag Pro. I was close. It was you in an agricultural neighborhood. Jeb Burton picks up, I believe that was his first Xfinity win. First Xfinity win. win. Yeah. And uh, I think everybody seemed really excited for him. It would have been nice to see how that played out if they would gotten, was it 23 more laps in? There were some contenders you had. You had Gregson really working hard in there. Uh, Justin Haley had a good piece. A lot of guys had it. But, I mean, listen, I don't have a problem with Burton winning. Seems like a nice guy, good family, keeping the Burton name going strong. And then also on the cup side, we had, oh, my gosh, I wish I could say we had Matty D winning. But we didn't. We didn't. Oh, my goodness, so close. Our heart goes out to Matty D again. Top five finish. For Matty D, I believe they led a lot of laps, won he, a stage. He did. He looked very strong. His first stage win of his career. But uh, Brad Keselowski gets it done yet again six times at Talladega. That is nuts. So that guy knows what he is He's like doing. Bill so it's not. And I'm okay with those wins. I don't, you know, as opposed to Derek Cope winning the Daytona 500 because somebody blows a tire. I believe it was Dale Earnhardt. It was. Or, you know, I like, listen. He earned it. He, he earned it. He was in the right place at the right time. He took advantage of, and I wouldn't call it, I've watched this many times. You know, Matty D's leading the race, led a lot leading to the end of the race, and he had a choice to make. Stay on the bottom or go up and move to his teammate. I mean, what are you going to do in that situation? You've got to think, with your teammate Blaney coming up, there's some momentum there, and I believe it was Tyler Reddick was behind Blaney, and had Tyler Reddick maybe not gotten out of line and tried to go around Blaney, then maybe DiBenedetto wins the race. I don't know. You know, a lot of people say, hey, you know, blew it again. I don't think he blew it again. He had to make a decision going 200 freaking miles an hour at Talladega, and you've got, oh, my God, this is going to be my first win. Listen, well, I, I don't have a— And even I, if he what stays— What are you going to do there? If he stays in front of the two, there's no guarantee the two Absolutely. doesn't go around him. I mean, Absol- so— Sure. And and how many times is a guy leading with two laps to go win down there? Well, they said on the broadcast, who, do right. you want to be first or second? And absolutely nobody said first. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, I think he was a bit of a sitting duck. I think one of two things happens if he stays in the bottom line. One is the two goes around him with help. Um, or the two tries to go around him, Matty D throws the block and they end up in a wad. Sure. So I don't know that, the, unfortunately, the 21 was going to come back across the finish line first either way. And remember, too, there's a lot of guys that have come off turn four leading Talladega and not mm-hmm. won it because that start-finish line is way down at the end of the trioval. Sure is, yeah. Um, but I think it was a good day for him. I want to go back and talk Xfinity for a second. Jump in here, Travis, but... I tell you what, the 11 leaf filter car, I mean, he's the king of the plate tracks. Now, I know he didn't win. There was weather. He mm-hmm. he was by far, in my opinion, the most stout. He could move. He could take that car wherever he wanted, and I think that's a combination of car and driver. Obviously, his teammate won the race. but um, He won stage one, I believe, didn't he? I think. Or two. He, was, he, was, he won he was one of the, the stages. Yeah. And then, you know, you mentioned Gregson. Uh, was rel- he was aggressive, but relatively well-behaved. Mm-hmm. All things considered. Travis, what were your impressions? Yeah, I, um, you know, that race, the Xfinity race was calm. I mean, let's face it. Both races kind of were. 
Yeah, we'll we'll get to the elephant in the room and about the cup race here in a couple of minutes. But the Xfinity race was calm. I I half expected that to be a bit of a wreck fest um, because you had a lot of guys, you know, that 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 are desperate for wins that that aren't locked into the playoffs at this point. But I don't know about you guys. I'm surprised at the number of first-time winners that we've had in the Xfinity Series this year. You know, you you look at Josh Berry, Jeb Burton, Mm -hmm. Myatt Snyder. I may be missing one, but uh, I didn't see this coming. You know, I thought that the Austin Sendricks, the Justin Allgaiers, the the Noah Gregsons. um, Harrison Burton. Harrison Burtons of the world, the Brandon Jones of the... You know, I thought these guys would, would, would... win the vast majority of the races. Did you mention Ty Gibbs? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah Ty, Ty Gibbs, Gibbs was the fourth. That, yeah. I, knew there were there, four, yeah. I knew there were four first-time yep. winners. He was the fourth. Nobody saw um, that coming. Maybe he did. Nobody saw that coming. Um, but the Xfinity Series, the last couple of years, in my opinion, has been the most competitive racing in all of NASCAR. Um, and I really enjoy watching the Xfinity Series uh, because, you know, it is the series where names are made so well yeah and then you look was it last year at bristol the spring race the kid the 15 year old or 16 year old won yes um, that was in trucks right yes you know you've just got a oh that was trucks not xfinity sorry yeah uh but i think you've got a lot of these guys that are that are getting opportunities that weren't getting them before and um you know, you've got the guys with kind of status and money, like the two Burton boys and mm-hmm. and things. But you've also got, you could say, the Josh Berries, who just won another another late model race. I think over, uh, I think yesterday. It's been exciting. Uh, it also makes it interesting to sort of see who's going to move up to Cup, mm-hmm. right? So I wonder how much Harrison Burton is thinking ahead and not focusing. Wouldn't you? I mean, if you're his age and he yeah. ran his first Cup race at Talladega, I know he wants a title in the Xfinity Series, but I mean, he's going to be a cup driver. He is, but where is he going to go? Well, there's a lot of dominant. I mean, in two years, Harvick's going to be gone. Bush is going to be gone. Newman's going to be gone. Kurt Busch. You mean? Kurt Busch, yeah. 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 I mean, that's um, three guys right there that are 40-plus. Yeah. It's 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 interesting. Um, I just The one thing that I don't like about the Xfinity Series this year, and it's been this way for a while now, um, is their early season schedule. Mm, it's on and off, um, on and off, know, on and off. Let's look at that. They, so they raced in Atlanta from Daytona to Atlanta from February 13th to March 21st. Then they didn't run at Bristol Dirt. They were off for Easter. They ran at Martinsville. They didn't run at Richmond. They ran at Talladega. Not They're not running this weekend at Kansas. And then they start a stretch of 11 straight weeks without an off weekend before they get two off weekends during the uh, Olympic break. So I just feel like the schedule, it's a lot like the truck schedule in the beginning and that it's very choppy. Um, And that hasn't been that way in the past. So that may be why you're not seeing with no practice, no qualifying, you know, you've got more inexperienced drivers that aren't going to get a, have as much, you know, input B, they're not going to have as many notes between crew chief and driver like they do in the cup series. C, those teams don't have the resources to do the, a lot of them to to do all that sim time and that kind of stuff. So, so maybe that's part of it, Travis, is it's a little bit more um, the, the, the way that the schedule's working and that nobody's getting in a rhythm and, yeah, that could that could be it for sure. You know, uh, for sure. That that could be contributing to it. I also think that, um, you know, when it, when they first did it, I I I was actually didn't like the rule, but I kind of like the rule that uh, the Cup guys don't come down and just race every weekend in the Xfinity Series. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Absolutely. I didn't yeah. like that originally because I thought nobody's going to tune in for names. And I think at NASCAR themselves, we're like, no one's going to put butts in seats and turn on televisions when yep. there's nobody's on the television. But I think what they've come to realize in myself as well is that good racing is good mm-hmm. racing. Yep. yep. And and by letting those cup guys just come dominate the Xfinity series or the truck series, all you're doing is just perpetuating their name. That's yep. growing. I'm sure it's good for the cup series, but it's not good for the rest of those series. And so sponsors are like, well, why would I sponsor a guy for an array, a race when I know that Kyle Busch is just going to come in and win it? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like horse racing. You got your different, you got your two year olds, the three year olds, your four year olds. And so it's not, people tune into the Kentucky Derby to see three year olds. Right. They don't tune into the Kentucky Derby to see a five, four and five year olds come down and race against three year olds. That's right. Mm-hmm. They want to see, you know, all the three year olds. And so nobody that's, that's knows a, those I mean, names before, sure. the, unless you're a huge horse enthusiast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Nobody knows those names until the day of the race. Right. No one's watched. No one's watched sure. all of the you know, the you, Arkansas yeah. Derby and all that. Again, unless yeah. you're just a mate, the casual fan has no idea who any of these horses yeah. are. They want to see a fun mile yep. and a quarter yep. race. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. They want to see a good race. Exactly. So, um, you know, staying down there in Talladega before we move on to Kansas, you know, I mentioned Brad. Brad wins six times. Do uh, you guys want to talk about the Logano wreck? Um, I do want to mention there was an ARCA race, and there was some activity on social media um, after that, or after that, because there was a, a racer that was his car caught on fire. Um, Derek Lancaster. Uh, prayers go out to him and his family. Uh, hopefully, he is doing better. He also had a um, basal skull fracture. Yeah, so that was a lot going on in that wreck. Uh, there was some criticism of the response time from NASCAR, not or, or the the service personnel, the responders. Um, and then also, going back two weeks ago, I wanted to mention the incident at Martinsville where Daniel Suarez's car caught on fire. We were there. It was right there on the on the front stretch, and um, we're, we're on the in front of the grandstands. And he was out of his car, standing on the wall. By the time they got down there to put that fire out, now you put those two events together two two weeks apart. I don't think that's a pattern that NASCAR wants. I don't know how it's fixed. There's a lot of been. A lot of chatter. Two and a half miles is different than a half mile at Martinsville. It takes longer to get to people at Talladega, but maybe they need to bring more crews in. So I know they have a safety team and a medical team that travels around, but a lot of the local, the fire support is locally resourced from local fire departments, things like that. So I don't know if the answer is maybe invest in a team or teams that travel around to every single race, but that was a long time in both of those cases very different track lengths where it took someone time to respond to a fire. What are your thoughts on that before we get into the Logano wreck? Or do you have any? You know, Talladega is a massive facility and it is virtually impossible to station crews where you quote unquote think a devastating accident is going to happen. I think that this is an isolated incident. Is it unfortunate that it happened? Sure it is. Now, the Martinsville incident, I don't know. Martinsville's just a tight facility. And I think the whole issue with the Martinsville thing, the driver was out of the car. And the main point of the safety crew is the driver. They don't care about the car. Mm -hmm. They're not worried about the car. Um, So... Once a driver is out of the car and appears to be okay, the safety crews can proceed with caution. And, you know, you got to realize about Martinsville, too. That's a tight half-mile racetrack, and there were 40 cars on it. And I don't think this is an issue. Um, I think it's just something that a couple of people noticed and got their panties tied up in a wad about. Um, So I'm not worried about it. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of in the middle. I think, you know, when it was in 2018, they went with the traveling AMR safety team. It's primarily medical. And that was done to, and it was in 2016 or 2017, there were a couple of wrecks where there was a protracted length of time that it took anybody to get to a car, like mm-hmm. two, three minutes. Right. I don't re- know about this year, but I do remember hearing things in the last couple of years that in almost every wreck, the AMR safety team was on the scene in less than a minute. I do think there's challenges with the Talladega facility um, but I, but I, if I was NASCAR, I would evaluate what it would take. And I'm sure that they have, I mean, they didn't, you know, they don't have unlimited resources either. The thing that I'm really interested in is that car had a thermal fire suppression in the back and a driver push in the front. So if I'm NASCAR investigating, I'd be like, Hey, why didn't the driver push it? And I'm not faulting the driver. What I mean by is, is there so much smoke and panic in the cockpit? He couldn't reach it. Was he injured? Out? What yeah. if he was knocked out? Yeah. So so that's number one. Number two, oil coolers get knocked off of the... They sit on the right front side of the car, and that's the car, the part that always hits the wall, not just at Talladega, but the mile and a half. We see oil coolers get knocked off a lot. Why doesn't ARCA, and I don't know if the Cup Series does either, but why, why doesn't ARCA have a thermal fire suppression under the hood? I have seen those deploy on Cup cars, but I think they are also driver interactive. I don't think they're automatic. Sure, yeah. So to me, 
I don't know that having more crews is necessarily the answer in terms of an emergent situation like that. I wonder if there's not some more automated thermal sensor way to handle that. Because if they're getting to a driver within a minute, um, that's probably reasonable unless the car's on fire, which we saw in the last two weeks, right? If they're unconscious or, you know, you can't really get to a victim quicker than that, right? right. So so I think there's it's layered, but I definitely think it's something NASCAR should take a look at um, moving forward. Yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about, Talladega? I've got a little something I want to share that's just you know fun trivia. But. Let's let's talk about the Logano. Right? Yeah, we got to talk. Okay. Yep. Um, you know, a terrible accident. Mm-hmm. But what's more important was not only Joey's comments after the race, which were very thought provoking, but also he he had an interview this morning on the morning drive and talked about the question was posed. Well, what, what should NASCAR do? And, you know, he said, he said when it first happened that he got into the infield care center and he was happy because he survived. But then he got angry because this stuff happens every time that they go to Daytona and Talladega. And they've been racing with restrictor plates since 1987 or 8? 88 after Allison. 1988. And nobody's come up with a better solution, frankly, because there's not a better solution. Now, I don't believe... Now, NASCAR may make a small modification somehow to the car to try to keep it from going airborne. Um, You know, they they continue to, to make the car safer. But... I don't believe since this is the last year for this car and since there are only two more super speedway races, I don't think you're going to see major changes. Now, Joey was asked, what would you like to see? And his response was, well, I'd like to see the spoiler ripped off on the back or cut down. The problem with that is if you do that, then you have to change the engine component, the the tapered spacer you have to there, there's other things that you have to change it's not just oh let's rip half the spoiler off the back um and let's not overreact no tony stewart kurt bush kyle bush they've all said these things coming out of the care center how yeah. many for years and what was the criticism of talladega and daytona two years ago snooze fest yeah because no was, passing he couldn't get around the leader yeah. nobody could get a run and when nobody can get a run people start pushing and shoving and you get big ones. Mm -hmm. If you make the spoiler big and draggy, first of all, what was interesting is when the cars took on fuel, they ran a second faster, which I thought that was neat. It made it more like a Formula One race where you could actually Mm -hmm. make up Mm -hmm. time by pitting earlier and do what they call an undercut. Mm -hmm. But but what that does is make these runs huge. Mm -hmm. And I think the product of that making the run huge is you're not necessarily getting the big one, but you're getting one or two cars that are in a very, very precarious position. Yes. In two of the last six restrictor plate races, we have seen a car on its roof where the A post has been destroyed. Mm-hmm. And this car that Joey was in may owe his life to the Ryan second Ryan Newman bar. Yep. Mm. Um, I did read that the the roof did or the the roof was on his head. Now Joey is one of the taller drivers, but that's not an excuse. No. Um, it does not look like in reviewing the footage that the roof flaps deployed properly, but that may not be a mechanical issue. It all depends on airflow, right? Those things are supposed to deploy when they're getting negative pressure. And if the car was spinning or rotating in a way that that, that didn't happen, there may not have been a mechanical failure or a mechanical loss of, you know, in other words, it, not doing what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It may have just been circumstance. But I, NASCAR's in a box. It's either it's either have these big spoilers and make the racing better, but you're going to have a couple of potentially really disastrous accidents, or put it back to the way it was, and people are shoving and pushing to make something happen, and then that's where you get, you know, half the field taken out. Yeah. So I I agree. I don't think they're going to do anything this year. It's not an easy fix. Like you say, the only way to fix it is to let them go 240 miles an hour into the corner. I did hear, and, and we'll we'll put this <laughs> yeah, to bed know. right after this. I did hear an interview this morning with Rodney Childers, Kevin Harvick's crew chief, and Rodney said that the one thing that that they may look at, that NASCAR may look at, is potentially strengthening that bar to a stronger, the same material but a stronger, a thicker bar, a thicker bar. So the the the, the 
outer diameter would remain the same, but the inner diameter would shrink. In other yeah. words, the metal gets thicker. Yeah. So, um, the, and then the, 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 the final thing I want to say about Talladega, let's look at Keselowski for a second. Six wins at Talladega. Six of his 35 career wins. First of all, I didn't have any idea he had 35, had 35 wins. Second of all, that's pretty impressive that nearly 20% of your wins are at Talladega. Yeah, I think there's been guys that just have a knack for it, right? I mean, and you you saw him. He ran a very David Pearson race. Just sat around all day, Perfect. hanging around, yeah. and then at the end, as Daryl would say, where'd he come from? Yeah. Um, yeah. The other couple of quick things, uh, as I, I'm going to pat myself on the back, as I predicted, Bubba, Bubba Wallace led a bunch of laps, mm-hmm. uh, ran really well, um, uh, ne- narrowly avoided getting destroyed by the two car, 22 car as it was tumbling over top of him. Ricky Stenhouse involved in another big one, and, and like we were saying pre-show, I don't know that they're always his fault, but it's kind of like Gregson. His aggressiveness just causes chaos, it seems to be, wherever he goes. I mean, honestly, if you go back and look at the last three years, find a wreck that Ricky Stenhouse is in it. it every race. Yeah. Every race. You're right. And lastly, Denny Hamlin drove very uh, desperately, it seemed like to me. He didn't. This was his first finish outside of the 11, right? Out of the top 11. And only his second outside of the top five. Well... That's because he had a lead foot on pit road, not once, but twice. He did, but you're in the free pass position. Nobody behind you is any good that's a lap down. Right. There is no reason to try and unlap yourself under green. Absolutely none. There's, I think there's two things going on there. One, he's ticked off because he got busted for speeding twice. Secondly... I think he's feeling the pressure. He he realizes, and I don't I don't know. I haven't heard this from Denny, but I think that the garage realizes after watching Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childers, and the and the four team last year. If you want to advance in the playoffs and have any shot at a championship, you've got to have buckets and buckets and buckets and buckets of stage points and playoff points. Yeah, but again, if you look at where he was, he's not getting a stage point even if he unlaps himself under green because there was, what, 15 laps to go in the stage? You drop to the back of the pack, you get your free pass, and then you go after it in in stage three. I, I really don't understand what in the heck he's doing. And if I'm Martin Truex, I'm done with Denny Hamlin because he has cut him off multiple times at plate races. He There's been a lot of times the 19 is on the short end of the 11. I, I just was really surprised that somebody who had won so well, run so well all year, seemed to be so desperate. Um, but, you know, it's just one race. We'll see what happens at Kansas. Yeah, I agree. You nice guys, segue. You guys finished up with that? Well, yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. done with Talladega. Oh, yeah, you got, got, a, you got, got some trivia. Things. Well, I also wanted to throw in, and, and uh, may, maybe I shouldn't do this, but I just got to say... Um, Jamie Little is growing on me a lot, and uh, she did a great job in the Xfinity broadcast. Of, mm-hmm. on, on, oh, uh, she was play-by-play, right? And uh, she did a great Arca job. Oh, Arca. And Arca. I don't know. And this is—I don't want to come. This is come across as sexist, but you know, I mean, Clint Boyer is a good-looking guy, uh, but I don't know who's picking out Jamie Little's outfits, but I, I like it. They're doing a great <laughs> job. Uh, she is becoming a media darling. She's like the Jackie O of NASCAR media. That is not her intention. But good lord, it's, it's working. Uh, she had some aquamarine going on Saturday, Sunday. She had some kind of magenta going on, and I was intrigued. I was mesmerized. I was in a trance. She's so Jamie t- Little, you're doing a great job, and she's and she's, she does a good job. She's she knows she's her got stuff. It all rolled into one. She knows yeah. her stuff. That's for all. Sure. I, I just wanted to say that. So she's she's taken, but uh, no, I, I you know I, 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 there's so, nothing wrong with paying somebody a compliment. No, so and are the three of us. I was paying that yes. star compliment for yeah. Well, giving her a shot, they know what she's. She's a media darling. Yeah. I mean, she's uh, she's great. Anyway, Jamie Little fan right here. I post something. She responded to it, which is pretty cool. Anyway, we did. We did. Is <laughs> like NASCAR, how he takes credit for that. Know, blind right? spot. When it the, goes bad, it's blind spotting. When it, no, but when it goes bad, it's blind spotting. When it goes good, it's all Michael it's W. Blind. Cobra. I'm just busting. <laughs> all right, what were you going to do? What was your Talladega thing? Your... I'll steal it if you don't say it. No. All right, so this is a story back from May the 4th, 1986. So when this race was run... 1986 Winston 500, won by Bobby Allison, who was our guest last week, and uh, the race was really between Elliott. This is 
Bill Elliott won the pole with like 212 miles an hour. He set the record that day or for that race that weekend, broke it the following year in 1987, and then they had plates in 88, I yep. believe. So around this time, there was a lot of things going on at Talladega. So Allison won the race out battling Elliott and Earnhardt. I mean, it was like a three-horse race that day. Now, before things even got started that day in 1986, this is interesting. I came across this earlier today. The pace car was stolen. <laughs> Yes, it's so Talladega esque um, that uh, so I'm gonna and I got to give credit um, NASCAR man and he is he's on Twitter uh, at NASCAR man RR I want to say um, yes. I'm gonna gonna botch that Travis is that right yeah yeah at NASCAR man dot RR and uh, he posts a lot of good things and and I think we follow him I think he follows us I'm I'm not really sure but he a lot of good content out there so this is his story. Uh, that he put out there, and I'm just going to read a couple of things. So the guy's name uh, who stole the pace car back in 1986, he a man by the name of Darren Crowder. So Darren Crowder was not a local man. I'll just I'll read the story. So seconds after the engines were started to begin the 86 Winston 500, 20-year-old man sprinted out of the infield <laughs> and stole an unoccupied pace car. He made nearly two laps at over 100 miles an hour. I've seen the video. He... He, he was doing good, making some good lap times out there. The crowd, surprisingly, I know, enthusiastically <laughs> cheering this man on of in course. these two laps. <laughs> Amazingly, it took two laps. He got one lap in and then another lap um, it, it, before they got him stopped. Um, so he was kind of going through some things at the time. There's This is kind of the backstory on that. He had actually gone down uh, the morning, that morning, he had driven from Birmingham to Lincoln, Alabama to look at a motorcycle. He saw in an ad. He was looking for a motorcycle. Uh, he was married, uh, father of one, and his wife was battling cancer. This is the back Oh, my. It was said that he chose to buy a motorcycle because it was cheaper than owning a car. So they were looking to save money. So this is the story behind the story. Lincoln is just a couple miles from Talladega Super Speedway. So when he went for a test drive on the motorcycle, he ran into race day traffic. So Crowder followed the cars and managed to get into the infield without a ticket on the motorcycle he was test driving. I mean, you can't, it's just, I, I, you can't make it up. You couldn't make this up. He also didn't have a shirt on. <laughs> so, I mean, you got all the factors of a great, this would make a great movie. He decided to remain in the infield of the race. Well, I mean, why the heck not? On the track, Dillard Munford, owner of Magic Markets Convenience Stores, was the Grand Marshal for the race. Uh, Daytona International Speedway official Larry Belusky was given the job of driving Munford around the track ahead of the cars in a ceremonial pace car. And again, we're at Talladega. As Munford stood at the start-finish line and gave the command to start engines, Crowder made the impulsive decision to run out and take the pace car that would have given they would have driven around the Grand Marshal. He climbed over two fences and sprinted to the Pontiac Trans Am that sat on the track with the keys in it, and I believe it was running. <laughs> it was really odd, Belusky said later. So this was the guy that was going. Mister Munford gave the order to start engines, and we turned around and get the pace car, and somebody was driving off in it. <laughs> How'd they stop him? Does it say? So it does. So Crowder quickly sped away in the car, nearly hitting a few of the people who were standing on the track. He made an entire lap at 100 miles an hour before NASCAR officials were told that someone had stolen the car. <laughs> this is took two him an and hour. a half took miles. Him a <laughs> took him a lap. Took a that would have lap. taken a couple minutes. Police cars and motorcycles were dispatched, and trucks were ordered to form a roadblock in turn four. <laughs> After a nationally televised arrest, Crowder was... I mean, they didn't pan away. They followed the action <laughs> on the track. Talladega County Jail, which was actually... They had a jail cell in the infield <laughs> of, of course Talladega, they did. Of course like, they did. Like Philadelphia. Like, like Veterans um, Stadium. So later on, he was transferred. He was held on bond. He faced charges of grand theft, unauthorized use of motor vehicle, resisting arrest, and attempted assault. The assault charges came because he had almost hit some people. I don't think intentionally, but I mean, you know, he pro it clearly wasn't thinking. Uh, the motorcycle he rode, he drove to the track, was discovered in the infield one day later. <laughs> it was also determined that Crowder had no alcohol or drugs in his system at the time. He just said. I'm going to do Why this. Why the heck not? What if, I mean, 
Wow. Um, so anyway, uh, it's uh, but the, the man's troubles didn't end there. He, at the jail, he attacked a fellow inmate with a boot. And one, I mean, you know, one, well, he didn't like have a shirt. Steps. He didn't have a shirt. Right. He <laughs> He's a only shirt. got so many options. A judge orders that he <laughs> that he be transferred to the Taylor Hardin Hospital in Tuscaloosa for a psychiatric evaluation. The outcome of the story is unclear. Mr. Crowder faded back into privacy, and reporters did not follow up on him. Any jail ser- sentences, if uh, served or handed out, were not reported. So, I mean. I, yeah, I'd love to. I, I've dig, did a little digging around, and it, there's really not much to find on the guy. You know, he's probably. I, I don't know if he's still alive. Well, he'd be 55 now. But it'd be really interesting to have a conversation with him. See how things have turned out for him. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised that no one's followed up, and I'm, maybe people have tried. Yeah. Um, and maybe he just doesn't want to be talked to. But man, yeah, that's and there's videos of this. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know if this is true. In one account. Um, as they they finally got him stopped, that uh, when they when the workers and say they they were approached by track workers, Crowder allegedly began impersonating a high schooler, picking up his younger brother by like he would lock the doors and they approached the door he, or he'd unlock them and they got close he'd lock them and then unlock and lock it. So this is going back and forth. But apparently someone had another set of keys to the car, uh. so that that's how they outsmarted. But man, he made two laps. And ever since Talladega. they put Lojack on the pace car, so they can just uh, shut it down. Uh, yep. Apparently, <laughs> apparently so. Or they don't leave it running on the tarmac or the on the grid uh, with the keys in it. But anyway, interesting little side side just, note. Of Only in Talladega. Of course, he didn't have a shirt on. Of no, course, that's absolutely not. Why? Why would he? Why would he? But uh, Sam, I, I don't know if Mr. Crowder, if you ever listen to this, we hope that you're doing well. Obviously, you were going through some tough things there, and you just felt like you didn't have a whole lot to lose. And I, I hope things have turned out well for that young man. Twenty years old, we all do stupid things, so uh, yeah, you know, definitely a, a, a funny story. But I hope that things did turn out well for him. So let's move on uh, to Kansas, and let's talk about what we might see there. Uh, just historically, uh, we, well, we got trucks and we got Cup out at the Kansas Motor Speedway. Uh, just some historical uh, winners on the truck side. Uh, Matt Crafton has won multiple times there. Moffat has won. Uh, he was he was the last winner. Austin Hill won two or three times ago on the Cup side. You've got your, I mean, usual suspects. Usual, uh, you know, mid uh, speedway guys. Your Hamlin, your Truex, your Harvick, your your Kozlowski, your Logano. You know, unfortunately, I think we picked all these guys in our in our fantasy lineup, so we can't go with any of them. Um, but uh, anyway, so it's it, it could go to anybody this weekend. So so what do you think that we might see out in Kansas? Uh, Travis, you want to start us off with Kansas? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kansas has evolved into one of the, I think, more racier mile-and-a-half tracks on the circuit. It's kind of a lot like Homestead, although not as worn out as homestead uh but it's a track that has multiple racing grooves um it's going to be interesting to see what we see on um this weekend because last year when the cup cars raced there uh in the spring actually it was in the summer it was a night race and then when they went back in the fall for the for a day race it was 40 degrees and coming up on sunday the temperature is going to be about double that so um i think that handling is going to be at a premium i think tires are going to be at a premium i think there's going to be some strategy but i think that 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 you're going to have to be on four fresh tires at the end of the race if you want a chance to win it i don't know who's going to win uh we'll get to our picks in a minute but I think it's going to be a decent race. I really do. And I think it'll be a good race for the trucks. And, of course, that one's under the lights uh, on Saturday night. Andrew? Yeah, I think um, I think you're going to see – I don't know of any reason to think of seeing anything we didn't see last year. I think you're right. It's a temperature-sensitive track like most are. There are multiple grooves there. Do we know if they're putting down the PJ1? I don't believe they are. So did they last year? I don't think so. Okay, so that's a good thing. It's not going to – that's not going to change too much um, – you know, what's, what's going on. Um, but I think we'll see a good race. I mean, I, I've got a, I think you'll see the usual suspects as Michael said, we'll go through our picks here, but, um, so Michael, I guess, who do you have for the races? 
Um, in the truck race, um, I uh, I don't know, man. I, I guess I'm gonna go with Moffat because I like his mustache. But I'd also <laughs> like to see um, I'd like to see Haley Deegan win. You know, that'd be exciting. I think they'd be good for the sport. I was uh, picking my son up from baseball practice the other night, and he was practicing over there in the Talbot Park, and David Gillen Racing Shop is right there, and he said, hey, there's Haley Diggins holler behind the building. Let's go check that out. And it was like 7.30. It was still light outside, so we just pulled behind the, All the hollers were back there because mm-hmm. they didn't have a race this weekend, and we got to peek in the back, and you could see all those trucks in there just sitting up on there. That was so cool. Yeah, they it just left neat. the lights on. But, you know, I, yeah, that'd be cool to see her uh, win, but I think it's probably going to be you know somebody like Moffitt, uh, and uh, he, he's he's a pretty solid runner. Um, wouldn't surprise me that Crafton won. If I if you're twisting my arm, it's hard to go against Nemechek, but he has been um, he's bound for a stumble here. I know he had one in Bristol, but that, that was Bristol, yeah, dirt there and, uh, yeah. with dirt and everything. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Brett Moffitt. That's going to be my pick in the in the trucks. In the Cup Series, like I mentioned, um, I tell you, uh, Harvick, what, they had a top five, finally. They got, uh, it was third or fourth, he was running up there all day long with that dog brew. I still got to look into that dog brew. Is that beer that dogs No, drink? no, it's not beer. It's it's a brew, it's like a broth. It's like a bone broth. Okay. But it it's packaged like a beer, they I think. They have the most awesome color schemes. They've really got creative a neat car. this year. I mean, they've had some cool uh, paint schemes this year. But anyway, that was a cool car. I'm going to go... With just the way the season's going, I think it doesn't make any sense to pick Keselowski because we haven't had any back-to-back winners. Uh, I think Logano's still going to be uh, shaking the cobwebs out. Truex is, you know, I maybe him. Um, ah, Hamler, Harvick, Hamler, Harvick. You gonna take the field? Oh my goodness! I'm gonna I'm gonna pick uh, Travis Sherrill <laughs> as the winner. Is Travis Kafafel? Had it Quavel? Quavel. Is Fopple. he still racing? No. no. Okay, well, good. I wasn't going to pick him because his name is Travis. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with um, Denny Hamlin. All right. Travis, what do you got? I'm going to go with John Hunter Nemechek for the trucks. I'm going to go with uh, Joey Logano for the cup race. And just a couple uh, interesting things. Uh, Brett Moffat did make some news this week or late last week by announcing that he is going to change his points affiliation to run for Xfinity Series points, so he will no longer be eligible for the Truck Series championship. Um, Joey Gase also went from Cup to... Cup to Xfinity. And then promptly didn't make it out of the first lap of the Xfinity race. Yeah. Uh, And then the other thing, and this is just a funny factoid, uh, this weekend has got to be... I don't know. I think it's dumb, because if this was voted on by whoever i want to know what missed the cut because the race this weekend is the bushy mcbush race 400 (laughs) i can tell you why it's that way i bet so a few years ago in the uk they had some kind of submarine that government had paid for and they asked the public to name it, and they named it Bodie McBoatface. Well, Bush Bush had the naming contest. No, I, right. I understand that. But what I mean that. is, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's where yeah. that first hit was the something McSomething face. But my point is, if that was the winner, what missed the cut? Like, what was worse than well, that? Well, it came down to four, and I wasn't really, none of them really, you know. I mean, uh, good God. Shucked my corn, to be honest with you. Um. Anyway, that's a side note. Uh, Andrew... Who do you have? Uh, I'm going to take Rowdy in the truck race. Good call. Uh, and I think in the cup race, I was looking at this. Um, Kevin Harvick has the best driver rating by a mile at Kansas. But as we know, he has not run so did particularly well. Yeah. Um, but the building. other two guys yeah. at the top of that list in terms of finish, not necessarily driver average rating, are the nine and the five. Uh, I'm going to call and give me, let me, I'll be a homer this week. I'm going to say the nine breaks through and gets his first one of the season. Let me, okay. I'll, okay. Go ahead. I'll say this. If Harvick struggles this week, I I think that red flags have to go up. Yeah. Cause this is now Uh, we're hitting mile and a half season and that's where his bread is buttered. Yeah. And this is where his, this is where he's had his success. If they struggle this weekend, yeah, Texas, Atlanta. You know, he's already struggled at Atlanta, or didn't you know? And that was his place. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and uh, seven road courses. You know, that's 
that he's a decent road racer, but that's yeah. not good. And then you, if it, it's really nine, because Pocono is essentially a road race. It's a, it's on a well, it's not even oval; it's a triangle. But the way you call that race and the way you set your cars up, it's a lot more like a. And he didn't run particularly well. So nine of the thirty six races are on tracks he doesn't run particularly great at. If he can't pull it off on the mile and a half, so I agree, Travis, red flags going up. But you know what? Maybe it's just an off year, and and maybe maybe Stuart Haas is uh, going to give him one last ride with the with the new car, and they're putting their efforts in that. I really don't know. You know, it is surprising, uh, but I'm guessing that those small changes they made before the season in terms of the fender flare and all that, they must really, really be hurting the Fords. I heard an interview with Rodney Childers a few weeks ago, and he, he, he noted – that they lost seventy counts of downforce because of that change. Because of the because of the changes that were made. And There's that's, your answer. That's a lot. There's your answer. Yeah, that's now they'll find it somewhere else, but they, they haven't will. found it yet. But what this reminds me of is years ago, and I don't think Stuart Haas will be this bad. But years ago, you remember Roush Fenway was the king of mm-hmm. NASCAR. They made some NASCAR made some changes. You haven't heard from Roush Fenway since. Well, part of that's the cat in the hat's not at the helm much anymore. Well, I understand that, but when you, when you start messing with downforce and and taking serious comp- serious things from the teams, sometimes it can take a while to get well, those. Things. And if I'm them, how much am I investing in a car that I'm only going to race the rest of this year? Exactly, but my but I think Kevin Harvick wants to win because he knows that his career he's got more he's got less driving ahead of him than he does behind him you know and i think a lot of these guys want a second championship but you know getting one is neat it's yeah. it, i mean obviously that, that uh, i mean it punches your ticket to the hall of fame but do you want to be and there aren't a lot of guys with just two <laughs> no there's ones and threes yeah. uh but do you want to be historically you know bobby labani or bobby allison or you know, or do you want to be Daryl Waltrip and Tony Stewart? Do you know what I'm saying? There's a yeah. difference between once versus twice. Kurt Busch is a good NASCAR driver, but he caught lightning in a bottle in 2003, and he's never sniffed a title since. 2004. Oh, was it four? Yeah. yeah. Kansas, oh, Kansas was Kansas 03. Kansas won in 03. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That was my all-struck moment. That happens every week. Travis, 2004. I was within one I mean, year, though. Come on, give me a little credit. I get no credit, you Travis. Your, you give yourself enough credit. I do. Yeah. So, I do. To, to be fair. So, and, and so do I. Yeah. So I'll just close with this. I agree with that. Uh, the cup, or I'm sorry, the truck race, Saturday at 730 on FS1. There's your primetime race, Michael. Thank you. Should you should be happy with Thank that. You. Well, yeah. I, uh, I and am. then Sunday, I don't know what your schedule's like Sunday, but the cup race Sunday is at three on FS1. And I'll just point this out. The TV ratings were released. They're up. Today. They were up. And it was the most watched race, I think I read, since the Daytona 500. Yes. The unfortunate thing is it doesn't look like NASCAR is going to be able to capitalize because the next couple of races are on FS1. Yeah, I think it was a 4% increase year over year from 2019 because last year the 2020 spring race was ran in June. So it's Yeah, not... I, think, I think the next cup race on Fox is the Coca-Cola 600. Um, mm, five and a half so hours of boringness. Unfortunately, uh, if you don't have cable, yeah, throw a couple grenades in, see what happens. Yeah, I so, mean, not real grenades, but like grenades of Cool Whip or something. Yeah, gosh, I just that that race is always. It, I don't know. I, I it, it it used to just be part of Memorial Day, and, and, just, and that that's what makes it fun, I guess. It was a spectacle of it, but it was. But yeah. gosh, it's a boring race. It's a long time. Well. Charlotte. The stages have helped a little, but boy, was it two years ago where Truex McTruex face just led everything? 392 of 400 laps. MTJ. Anyway, well, that the 600's over a month away. We'll talk about that. That's day. right. Anything, anything else you guys want to? No, I think we can call it a day. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Absolutely. We really do appreciate that. Um, seems like I'm forgetting Next something. week. Oh, well, I was just going to say Sunday, we should all, I mean, if nobody's, y'all guys aren't doing that, we should maybe just get together and watch the race. I don't, we hadn't done that in a long no, time. No, we can do that. If you're well, listening except, to, except if you're listening Travis. to this, you're welcome to come over and hang out. <laughs> oh what's your, what's your address? Uh, 1600 Pennsylvania <laughs> Avenue, Washington, DC. <laughs> and uh like you it. just need to say to the guard uh i'm here to see mr biden what it is all right we need and we, we need to wrap this up either doubled or it gets cut in half yeah I'm we need sure to wrap this up because okay. this is going nowhere okay all right well we so uh, we've we got some week? exciting guests yeah. coming up 
And uh, next week, May the 4th, we've got Raymond Fox III. He is Ryan Blaney's car chief. He's going to be joining us in studio in person. We're very excited about that long-time family history in the sport. The Foxes, uh, you know, one of the one of those families of NASCAR. You definitely, and so we're gonna we're really excited to talk to Mr. Fox. And then May the 11th. Um, this I I gotta say I'm super excited about this. I, I really I hope this works out. It's it's scheduled, and uh, we got our fingers crossed. But this is gonna be I just think great. Um, and I'm not making this up. It's gonna sound like I'm making it up. But Kelly Earnhardt Miller. <laughs> I can't even believe I just said that. I'm so excited. Um, I I'd love to have Dale on, but I think I'm almost just as excited or more excited. Kelly's gonna be that's great. She's I've heard a lot of interviews with her, and uh, she just has such a fascinating story. Her book her book is great, and uh, she has agreed to spend some time. Now she's mainly coming on to talk about the Dale Jr. Foundation. They do a lot of service in the community, and that's how I kind of entered this, and I have actually met her before, and Dale Jr. work at a school that they made a donation to and that made a partnership with, so that kind of got me thinking I'd like to promote uh, what they're doing, but also, you know, obviously talk to Kelly about her history and about the company, Junior Motorsports, that, that she runs. Uh, so, Really excited. Next two weeks gonna be gonna be awesome, uh, awesome for us, and uh, we're just we're living the dream, man. Just uh, it's it's a fun ride, and we just want to keep it going. We and as Andrew pointed out, thank you so much for listening. Our, our listenership goes up um, steadily. Uh, seems like every week. Another big thank you to Bobby Allison for his time with us last week, and uh, it's just a thrill. It's just a thrill for us to do this, and and we hope that comes through in what we have to say and what we talk about, and we are we are very passionate about this. Uh, so thank you for listening. And without anything else to add, uh, Andrew, you good? Yeah, we're good. All right, Travis? Yep. Let's pull um, it in the holler. On, yeah, let's do it. On yep. behalf of these two gentlemen, I'm going to close up. You can follow us on Twitter at NASCAR Blind Spot. You can also email us blindspottingpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also search for us and find us on Facebook, Blind Spotting Podcast, NASCAR. To search. It's not hard to find. Blind uh, Spotting Racing Podcast. Racing Podcast. That's right. Facebook that. got got upset with us. I don't. Yep. Well, I don't know why, but we we changed it. Should be fine. We got put in the penalty box. But yep. We're out. We now. are. We uh, yeah, and we're working on some. <laughs> we're working on some 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 logos. Uh, we've got uh, one of Travis's uh, contacts, John Baker, going to wor- working on that, and uh, maybe we'll have some merchandise out soon. That's our that's our plan. We'd like to do that. Um, so yeah, we're we're building and. Uh, We appreciate you being part of that. And um, anyway, we will see you next week when we have Raymond Fox the third on. Until then, uh, keep it out of the wall. Keep it off the fence. Keep it on the right side of the wall. Make good decisions. Enjoy time with each other. And we will see you down the road. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of Blind Spotting. Carry on, my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your Beyond this illusion, I was soaring ever higher.